as we, as we get into the Word today, uh, I usually do this. I just want to set you free that you're welcome again to amen as much as you want. You're welcome to stand up and shout hallelujah as much as you want. We are, we are a, a spirit-filled, believing church, right? Amen. amen. I'm going to hold you to that. Well, you know, we opened up the service this morning with uh, a statement that said, unless we have a fresh revelation of God, our worship can grow stagnant. And so it's my prayer this morning that we have just a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. Does anybody want that this morning? Amen. We've been studying the person of Jesus. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we studied Jesus as the carpenter. And last week we studied Jesus as the friend. And these are important things to study because, you know, first of all, Jesus is our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our King. But, you know, Jesus is also a person. Jesus has a personality. And Jesus is actually a really cool person if you get to know him. So that's why I want to jump off from right there. But, you know, the other night I was, I was holding my daughter, <clears throat> and many of you probably heard her crying and get rushed out of the, the sanctuary a while ago. <laughs> but uh, it was one of those nights, I was up like the middle of the night, and she was just crying and refusing to be consoled, and many of you parents can understand and relate to that. But uh, it was like nothing I could do. She was just, just not having it. Uh, but there's this it's one thing, my last resort is always... Uh, just to sing to her. And sometimes she, she likes a particular song. And so nothing was working. I decided, all right, this is it. I'm going to like, you know, ace in the hole. I'm going to sing her favorite song. And so I start singing it and she immediately just lays her head down and gets ready to go to sleep. But I've been putting into her worship since before she was born. Like, I was singing to her in the womb because I, I want that for her. I've been trying to exhibit that for her since she was born. That in, in the, the middle of the night, when you don't feel like singing and worshiping, that when I'm going to sing to her, I want it to be worship. And not just a worship song, but I, I check my heart and, and make sure I am worshiping over her. Because worship is something that has greatly affected my life for the better. And I want that for her, so I'm teaching her how to do it. And this morning, I believe that Jesus wants to show us his views on worship in the example that he set. And so we're looking today at Jesus in the worship service. Jesus in the worship service. It's my desire that as we learn more about him, we'll get closer to him. And as we get closer to him, we become more like him. And as we learn who he was as a a friend and and who he, he just was as a person, that we become a better friend to him ourselves. And as we learn how he viewed worship, we are able to worship him better. So it's uh, no doubt that as the last few weeks have gone by, we've been focusing him. Our quest has been to better know the person of Jesus. And I, I think in many instances, we relate our knowing to Jesus like we know a neighbor or that we know an acquaintance or even a politician in that we know his name and what he stands for. Uh, we might be registered to vote for Jesus, but 
We need to really know it. You know, we can't just sometimes talk to him like we would see it at a neighbor or an acquaintance. We have to actually know Jesus. And so I want to look this morning at Jesus the churchgoer. Jesus, the, the guy in the synagogue next to us, the guy standing there next to you in the worship service. And as we look at that, we're going to learn Jesus' views on praise and worship. You ready for that? Let's open with just a word of prayer, because I need it this morning. <laughs> Lord, we, we welcome you to just inundate everything that we're doing this morning. That with your, your peace and your goodness and your, just, your being sovereign over everything, God, uh, that you just have your way this morning and our will would align with yours and we pray for open eyes and open ears and open hearts that would uh, just be willing to receive the word this morning and be changed by it, God. And so we just ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So I want to start off today by saying that nowhere in Scripture does it explicitly say Jesus worshipped, okay? However, the acts he performed, the statements he makes, and who he was as a person give us a picture of how we can learn to worship from him, the person of Jesus. And I hope this challenges you to become more like Jesus in our worship. Philippians 2, 7 says this, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And so we're, we're setting things up for the rest of the message is what I'm doing here. And so we need to know that this is important that Jesus chose to become like us. So that's the starting point we're, we're leaping off from. Jesus chose to be a servant and he's denying his, his Godhead at this time to be a man. So we're studying Jesus while he was here on earth. He's 100% God, but 100% man. And he was a perfect man. In Matthew 17, 5, it says, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So God is pleased with everything that Jesus did. And I want you to remember that because it's important when you might be offended later. <laughs> God is pleased with everything that Jesus did did. So the first thing, point number one, is it's important to know that Jesus was Jewish. Not that we have to be Jewish, but Jesus was born into that culture. And you and I are born into a certain type of culture, whatever culture that is. For instance, in uh, the American culture, we have a saying like, you know, that's as American as apple pie. And you don't have to like apple pie, but that's just a saying. It's, it's kind of, it goes along with, you know, apple pie, white picket fence, freedom, John Wayne, that people just see that that is often what, like, is our country. <laughs> it's, it's that cowboy up, we'll work till we have it, and you, you can chase your dreams if you want to. And, you know, I, I love my culture. It's, it's a fun, very unique culture that most of us here can relate to, but it's not Jesus' culture. And we have to remember that. Our culture is not Jesus' culture. And there's lots of different types of cultures. Uh, especially, you know, there's different types of church cultures. Depending on any given church, area, or demographic. And I love getting to visit 
different churches because you, you just see different things. You see different people. And that's important to actually do, to remember that your way is not the only way to worship. And so uh, I've, I've visited, his, visited Hispanic churches in the past. And some of them are very formal and ritualistic. And some of them is like Jesus hit the party button and it's, it's not going to stop until he comes back. You know, I've been to some Asian churches, uh, and I love this about them. They're so thoughtful and reserved and purposeful and honoring of God. And, and you know, some of the churches I've been to that are, are from an African descent, uh, where everyone's welcome to give a song, a shout, a testimony uh, of praise for what Jesus did, is doing, will do, might do, could do, and every other do that there could be. And these are all wonderful ways to praise and worship God. But these are different cultures from where Jesus grew up. And they generally focus on, on something that means a lot to them, like honoring or uh, singing and shouting or just freedom or whatever it is. They focus on a way that is good, but there are other ways as well. So we can't apply any other culture to Jesus than that the one that he chose to be in. Why did he choose to be there? He chose to be there because the, the culture he was born into was supposed to be based on the word of God. And it's the same thing for our churches today. We're supposed to, to base our culture on the word of God. So we don't let the, the culture surrounding us dictate how we worship and dictate how we live. We're different than that. So we see with Jesus that we often need help understanding what the word of God means and how to properly apply it. I feel like most of what Jesus taught was explaining to people what the Bible actually means. <laughs> That's what, he was just always having to correct the, the Pharisees or even just the common people, correct the disciples because we, we, we get fixated on one thing and he wants to, to open it up and say, this is what it really means. So with that, I'm going to come out swinging, okay? Prepare yourself. If you get offended at this, this will be it. <laughs> this will be the point in the message you, you can get offended by. In Jesus' culture and in the Bible, Jesus would have danced. He would have danced. He would have danced at weddings. He would have danced in praise for God. Jesus would be that guy standing next to you in the synagogue or the church service that you think is a little weird because he's moving. More than his big toe, he's actually moving. And the thing is, in that day, like, everyone could have been moving. This is the culture that Jesus lived in. And I think in heaven, everyone will be dancing. And this is not a message about dancing. <laughs> but I hit it first because it's such a, a talked about and misconception in the church today. The Bible even says that God leaps and twirls over us about you. Like, God gets excited about you and he's like, yeah. Like, I like you a lot. I love you. But the devil wants to rob us of that freedom. Through our own pride or our own dignity and false teaching. And I love 
when my wife comes and dances, and she sometimes struggles with it because she feels like people are just watching her. But I tell her, like, sometimes I need you to do that. Because uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I generally lead worship here today. And sometimes it's a struggle to get you guys to worship. <laughs> but occasionally someone, whether it be my wife or some of the other ladies, uh, it's usually ladies. I'm going to point that out. <laughs> will come and they will start dancing. And you know, that often brings ushers in freedom into this place. Because you have to say no to fear and all kinds of stuff. And we, we don't want to, to distract people. We don't want to give glory to anybody but God. But God is the God of the dance as well. You know what? I am not a good dancer. I'm kind of gangly. And like, it, it just doesn't look great. But I, I remember in this very room, at one point I was dancing, and like I, I was over there, kind of in the corner, thinking, I hope no one sees this. <laughs> and I made a choice, like, I'm going to do it. I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm going to worship with all my heart. And I had fun doing it and just self felt free. And, you know, it didn't matter that someone came up afterwards and was like, wow, you look really bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just, you're not a good dancer. But I never want to lose the desire for freedom. I never want to lose the ability to just be free in God's presence. And I love you, but I don't care what you think. I don't care what you think. And so some of us need to hear that this morning, that it is not the person next to you that defines you. It is God and God alone that defines you. So let's worship like he's the only one in the room. I want to be free. So Jesus danced, and Jesus also lifted up his hands. It says in the scripture multiple times and in different places, different reasons that he lifted him up to pray, he lifted him up to bless. It was customary in his culture because it's customary in the Bible. So we lift our hands in worship. We, we lift our hands for different things. Jesus is the guy next to you that lifts his hands. You know, I'll share with you another moment. I have really long arms as well. And so they can block people's view. I can accidentally hit people. Uh, but I remember I was, I was in a place, uh, one of the schools I went to, and I was worshiping, and I thought, man, like, I just feel like my arms are sticking out way too much. But I'm not going to think about it. And you know what? I looked up. You know whose arms were on the TV? seeing for everyone to see, like my arms. You could point my arms out, like everyone was just watching my arms and like, oh, wow. I'm choosing to worship right now. So if you didn't know anything about me, I have long, weird arms, too long for my body, and I'm a bad dancer. <laughs> but Jesus lifted up his hands in worship. And Jesus also sang. Matthew 26, 30, and Mark 14, 26 literally says, Jesus sang. And some translations emphasize that he sang a hymn of praise because the text supports that. And that's one of my favorite things to know. One of my favorite things to know because I love to sing, if you didn't realize that. And I will never be the best singer. I will never, I'm not even the best singer in my family, but I just like to do it. 
I love to, to worship and to sing because, again, I don't sing for you. I sing for God. And so, you know, there was a moment where I was in a worship service. I was just kind of like halfway through the congregation, and there's this guy singing behind me, probably the worst singer I've ever heard in my life. And he was singing with all of his heart. You know he had to be because he sounded that bad. <laughs> but it was so beautiful because it, with his, it was with his whole heart. And God was, I just knew it. He was looking down and like, that guy, I don't care about the people who sound amazing. That guy, he is singing. He is worshiping. So Jesus sang. And that's why, one of the reasons why we sing. Jesus about to go to the garden where he'd be betrayed, let out to be crucified, decided to sing. And I love that because that's exactly what I do. I've sung my way through every trial in my life. I've worshipped my way through every trial in my life because praising reminds us who it's all about. It takes our eyes off of us and the, the pity party that I want to be in because it feels good. <laughs> and it puts it on God. Praising breaks off things from our lives because praise invites God into the situation. The, the Psalms say, praising enthrones him. So when you praise in whatever situation you are in, happy, sad, whatever, it invites God to be king over that situation. It enthrones him as the king. Praise enthrones God. So we praise with our dancing. We praise with our hands, our, our singing, our shouting, our speaking. Matthew eleven twenty five, 25, uh, Jesus says, praise you, Father, for what you have done. Even our words, our very speaking should hold praise for God. And Jesus gave thanks. He gave thanks for his food. He gave thanks for, for probably just about everything. Jesus gave thanks. How thankful are we? Do we come into worship and into praise with that thankful heart? I think Jesus spoke that out. And I would even go out on a limb and say he probably sang about that sometimes. And get this, I bet he was occasionally even happy enough in his thanksgiving to do a little jig. Like, have you ever been there? Just like, man, whoo! <laughs> like, you just do a little dance? Jesus loved a quote from the Psalms where we see David do all of these things. Get this, Jesus was not stoic and boring. If you did not know that, Jesus was not stoic. He was not boring. He was a person. And he, from, from him is joy and life. From him are, is all these things. So let's be that way too. Jesus came to reinstate the tabernacle of David where we, we read that in Acts 15, verse 16, and where it's quoting from Amos 9, 11. And it's, it's where and how David worshipped is viewed by Jesus. So Jesus is viewing where and how David worshipped. And he wants to reinstate that immediate access to God. And he did that on the cross. 
But I want to point out in the tabernacle of David, like, let's not mince words. There was a party going on. David's like, bring the singers, bring the sacrifices, bring everything we could possibly give, and we're just going to give it to God. Bring the trumpets, bring, bring the dancers, bring the, the flag wavers, bring, bring, bring it all. And that's the heart we should have. Bring it all. Let's just bring it all. Is he, isn't he worthy of it? Let's bring it all. Jesus is the person next to you that doesn't care how he looks or sounds. Jesus was not the best looking guy. He didn't have the most amazing singing voice. He probably was not picked for the temple dance team. And he didn't care. Because that's not what he was about. In all these ways and more, Jesus viewed worship. And he's often quoting King David, like I said before. But King David wrote these ways to praise and worship God. So in Jesus' culture and in ours as well, we often want to deny ways to worship because we don't feel comfortable with them. And when we do this, we reduce our worship to a feeling. We reduce our worship to a feeling because I don't feel like it. And I, I think that can be some of the hardest things to fight through. when we just don't feel like it. I've probably said this before, but I don't always feel like worshiping when I'm playing guitar and leading you in worship. I don't magically feel like it all the time, but I choose. And God sees my heart, and I worship. Jesus says to the woman at the well who's not a Jew, who's a Gentile, that God is looking for true worshipers. People who will worship in spirit and in truth. And at this moment, he addresses not the where we worship or the feeling of worship or even the how we worship. He he addresses what worship is. The most important part of worship is, is just coming from our hearts and our minds in spirit and in truth, the truth of it. So it, it doesn't matter when we have to push through feelings. We just choose it, and God sees the heart of it, and we just want to please him. If you get nothing else today, we just want to please God. We just want to please God. God, Out of your heart, out of your free will, God is worshiped. And that's the second point of our, our message today, out of your own free will, a free will offering to the Lord. A free will offering was in the Old Testament, and it's one of the only offerings that is still in effect in the New Covenant outside of tithing. And why? Because Jesus covered over everything else. He covered over every sacrifice that you'd have to make. Are you thankful you don't have to slaughter goats anymore? And yes, your church clothes would be ruined right now. But this offering is described as when your heart is moved by God so much that you just want to give. And there's many different form, forms of it. It, it. Some is finances, yes, but, but others are just what people had. In the Old Testament, 
God moved on people who had skills to make things for the Lord. So it's whatever your heart is stirred to give, you just give it. So when my heart is stirred to to offer up a song or a shout or even a, a badly done dance, God is honored by that. And I have to push my feelings aside and say, you know what? If Jesus did it, and if he sees that as, as a great way to be worshiped and honored, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to offer it to the Lord out of my own free will just to please him. It's like that, that small kids that, that kid that brings you a picture that they drew. It's probably one of the worst pictures you've ever seen. <laughs> you don't even know what it is but you love it. That's the heart of God. Like, he just, he loves your picture. He loves the picture that you bring. He loves the offering that you bring. You could be the worst artist ever. I'm not a good artist, but you know what? God loves my stick figures. And he thinks they're great, no matter what you think. (laughs) God loves your worship. He loves it. Jesus is the guy next to you that will give anything for God to be glorified and honored. He's the guy that that sees the widow giving everything she has, which might be a couple dollars, and just knows it is way more than the rich person who's giving a couple dollars. He sees your heart. He sees your mind. And he wants to know you more. Get this. Never be ashamed of what you give. I'm going to say that again because this can free you. Never be ashamed of what you give. Whether it be a song, a dance, a couple dollars, your, your time, what your, your skill can give. Never be ashamed of it because God is not ashamed of what you give. He knows it. He he loves you. In Romans 12, 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That word is uh, interchangeable with service. Act of service, act of worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we might need to do that this morning. Transformed by the renewing of your mind, we we can change our minds to what worship is. Jesus exemplified this in the garden praying. In Matthew 26, 39, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. This is a free will offering to God in obedience to the Father. John 10, 18, no one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it back. This commandment I received from my Father. Obedience is an act of worship. John 14, 15, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Obedience is an act of worship. 1 Samuel 15, 22, obedience is better than sacrifice. Is your heart moved enough to offer him your life. Is it moved enough? Just even take a moment. Think about what God has done. 
I'm waiting for someone to just shout hallelujah. (laughs) God has done it. What he has done, will do, could do, every other do. We're talking about the things that are most important to us. Sometimes, and get this, this one could cut a little bit. Someone, I forgot who said this, heard that this week, that God has the only sword that as it cuts, it heals. Might have been Pastor Todd, I don't know. Sometimes we give things like money or service to take the place of having to give our heart. I'm going to say that again, because I don't want that for anybody. I don't want that for my life. Sometimes we can give things like money or service or time to take the place of having to give our heart. You see, Jesus truly offered his life. Jesus is the guy that is willing to do anything for the Lord, even if he looks foolish. Even if he looks foolish. So we have Jesus believing in the customary biblical and cultural forms of worship along with, with seeing what true worship really is, an offering up of one, one's own life. But there's one more major way that I want to I look at this morning. The third point is everything that Jesus did gave glory to God. Everything that Jesus did gave glory to God. We briefly mentioned it earlier that the two words are interchangeable, worship and and service. Jesus lived in such a way that the things he did served God, served the Father. And they caused people to give glory to God. I want you to think about that. The things Jesus did, the way he lived, caused people to give glory to God. Do you want that in your life? Matthew 9, 8 says, when they saw the paralytic man, they gave glory to God. Saw him healed. Jesus directed praise toward heaven with the way he lived. So when he taught, people were drawn to God. When he healed people, they glorified God. And then, of course, ultimately with his death, the full act of obedience to God that we uh, that we also follow with sacrificing our own lives on a daily basis brings people closer to God. And so when we teach, when we speak, when we live, does it draw closer to God? We should want to see people healed. We should start praying for people to be healed and all the other gifts of the Spirit because it gives God glory. It gives God glory. That's why we do it. We want to see them set free and we want to see God get glory. Boom, boom. The way we live matters. Jesus is that guy who talks about God at work. He's the guy that that talks about God to different family members and friends. He's the guy that lives no different outside of the church building than inside. No different. He gives thanks at the restaurant. He gives thanks at the marketplace, at the store. He talks to to anybody that the Spirit is leading him to. And he's not afraid to, to randomly sing songs, to randomly be excited about what Jesus is doing. He's probably the, the guy who, who randomly sings and gets excited and, and maybe maybe even just, whew, God's good. 
He's that guy that is so free. I want you to see this. He's so free that you look at him and you say to yourself, I want that. I want that. When we worship, we should want to be in the freedom that Jesus is in. We should do it with our very lives. And uh, I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. You guys are excited. I'm the guy that preaches short. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) But we should do this with our lives, with everything and with anything that we have, out of the abundance of our heart. Whatever is in your heart is going to come out. Whatever is in your heart is going to come out as we praise and bless the Lord. And then finally, I'm going to ask to just stretch ourselves to worship like David did. In what Jesus came to restore. The relationship with God where all things are possible. And we're just excited to be with Jesus. I want us to think about that as the worship team begins to, to play in just a moment here. Is if Jesus was in the church service next to you, like he was with the disciples in the synagogue or praising wherever he was, does your life line up with his? Or are you looking at him and thinking, I want that. I want to be free like that where nothing else matters. Jesus is free. I want you to think about that. Jesus is free. He lived free and he died to make you free. So let's turn our whole hearts to God. You're gonna be welcome to come down to the altar, but you're welcome just to to be in your place. I'm gonna ask if you're able to just stand with us and let's go back into worship for a moment here. Free. Is anybody, is anybody with me on that? Yeah, you're free to dance. You're, you're free to move, to sing, to shout, to clap. Whatever it is, you are free this morning because Jesus set you free.